So if it was recording, it was only hearing you, which might have been a better listening experience. But let's go back and talk about it now. Money in the bank. Okay. We're going back to money in the bank, everybody. It wasn't really all that long ago, but I thought it was great. And and I've really enjoyed almost every episode of Raw and SmackDown. Like, and, and the, one of the biggest things that that they've they figured out how to do, which you would almost think is impossible. There's far less repetition in the matches than there used to be. But yet nothing feels overdone and every show feels like a big deal. Yep. Like every show feels like a big deal. And that's not easy to do. Um and and so I'm just impressed with how they're able to to pull that off. Uh like and, and like you were saying when we thought I thought we were recording, but we weren't. Um NXT to me, like what would bring in the the and they've brought main roster talent to NXT before. I mean, hell, the new day had a tag title run last year. Like they've definitely right. done things yeah, with yeah, absolutely. the main roster. But the judgment day, the judgment day, I feel like, despite how they're used, they are from a fan perspective, one of the most underappreciated acts in the company right now, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's crazy because they're everywhere and all over it. And yes, kind of hitting a level of dominance here. Now you've now got, you know, you got the raw women's champion. You've got Dominic now as the North American champion out of NXT spoiler. If you haven't watched by now, well then shame on you. Even I knew the result and I don't watch the show. Well, and this comes out on Wednesday. Uh, so come on, you're it's Dom Dom. Like they're going to see it anyway. So, right. Well, and the funny thing is, is, um, you know, Finn Balor's chasing Seth, you know, Seth Rollins. And then you've got Damian Priest holding the briefcase. And our good friend PC Tunney, by the way, already fretting over how Priest might cash in his Money in the Bank title shot by going after the tag titles. Yes, that's what he's going to do with the Tunney. No, no, that's not what he's going to do. I mean, Theory did go after the United States Championship last year. Um, oh yeah, it opened. Here he opened a floodgate, but why would you do like what? what and people did think Otis was going to use it to cash in on the tag titles in in the past. But I agree with you. I just and and it's weird because Damian Priest in some interviews has referenced all four of the men's championships, um, and maybe even the NXT. But right. on commentary, they keep saying world title, world title, world title, world title. Right. So it's just interesting to me how how it all sort of sort of plays out. Um I'd love to see him go after the NXT championship just because it's been done on the women's side but not on the men's side. But I think it's sure. it's I think he's keeping it within the whole raw thing and the Finn Balor storyline with Seth Rollins and all that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Gotta be the gotta be the wild card. Exactly. And I think that's, you know, I think we're headed to that with SummerSlam. So Cool. But we'll see. So I, I, yeah. any um, money in the bank, one of the big things, and we can still talk about it because it's still out there. Everybody, I didn't think this was going to happen, but everybody and their brother thought L.A. Knight was winning the briefcase. And and then everybody and their well, brother thought that's... L.A. Knight would get the match with Logan Paul. And that's not happening either. So, and and the Triple H does have his people. Like, like that is a thing. Um some some have fallen out of favor a little bit, like say a Matt Riddle who doesn't get the same push that he used to, but he's also coming off right. a rehab stint, and so that may have something to do with it. 
you know, Triple H was himself punished for a while and, and had to spend a year not being booked so right. well and had to survive that. So that could be a thing for Matt Riddle. But you're going to listen to Triple H if he's doing it because he's like, yeah, I had to survive this. Here's what you do. It's fine. So I do yeah. think I do think that'll be okay. But, you know, Riddle did come from NXT, which Triple H loves that too. So, but the whole LA Knight thing to me, now I think he'll be the challenger for, for Austin Theory at SummerSlam. But there's a lot of people who think they don't want to push him. I don't know. There's a lot of things that people say and think about LA Knight, especially when he was brought in as a manager originally, as Max Dupree, like just all of all of that and and where it's at for for him now. Still a fascinating persona and personality in the company. So for me, this is just the latest example of a character slash gimmick being over and fans loving the idea of the of the person in the gimmick without really seeing where it fits within like the greater scope of the card. LA Knight as LA Knight is right now is not world champion LA Knight. In my opinion. LA Knight is kind of right where he needs to be, as you said, right. likely challenging theory. Uh, LA Knight's a LA Knight's a popular mid card guy. That like that's what he is. And and I'm not saying he's not going to ever, you know, get a shot. Uh, and I get it. His merch is selling well. I can hear everybody like screaming at the podcast right now. His merchandise is selling great. Place goes not for. They love him. Yes, they do. And then he wins. And then what? What is LA Knight's appeal if, if he gets it as a face? And that's the big key right there. As a baby. As face. a face. Remember, that's, that's where we've gone because you love him so much. Yes. I, fans you love him so much he's a good guy he's a good guy his character doesn't work as a champion face because if you're a champion face well who's a cocky big who is the one person that they love to compare him to they being the fans the analysts whoever and it's an obvious person probably but i'm not i'm not connecting on it so just say it's the rock right everyone loves to compare him to the rock no his cadence is a lot like the rock Oh, I see it too. He throws punches like The Rock. Like he is definitely, and he himself has said it. The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin were his biggest influences growing up as a fan and so, getting into the business. So he he has said that himself. Um, and I see it. you ape The Rock doesn't mean you are The Rock. But he definitely has shades of The Rock in what he does. And and I agree with it. And I don't think it's a bad thing either. Like I think it's it's totally fine. And and like he was on The Rock's reality TV show years ago. Like, like the connection's actually there. And The Rock is, is sort of, quote-unquote, signed off on him and all. So it's totally fine. The Rock was organically turned babyface by the fans. And then that following Survivor Series became corporate and turned heel and all of that stuff. Like, I would be right. fine with L.A. Knight. Say he had the briefcase. He's babyface L.A. Knight, all that other stuff. And then, you know, my fantasy booking, my playlist was that Cody beat Seth Rollins at Survivor Series. And then L.A. Knight cashes in on Cody wins the title. And now he's a mega heel and has all that heat behind him. Um, and, and then he would organically get turned back babyface again later the next year and it'd be fine. But, um, and in my book, you actually had LA Knight walking into WrestleMania as champion with Cody challenging him and, and, and winning it back with Seth winning the rumble and challenging Roman Reigns, but it's not my company. So who knows? But I do think that, um, 
that is a situation where you kind of let the fans turn him and then potentially use it against them and turn him back. Um, who knows? But I do think he's fine. I think him challenging Austin Theory is great, in my opinion. I think it's going to get a great reaction. I do think he wins, and and it's just going to be fine, fine from there. I do wonder if being on SmackDown hurts him or the talent distribution right now is really, really weird to me. Like the Judgment Day being on Raw, they are literally all over Raw every week. Like they're right. in every yeah, single they hour are, of they Raw. Are the show. They're all over it, right? Same with you know Kevin Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But then you have the OC and AJ Styles on SmackDown struggling for TV time, along with the whole LWO. And to me, it's it's like you could probably have one of those groups on Raw and even things out a little bit. And then the women's division. Holy crap. Right. Like on SmackDown, you have Asuka, Bianca Belair, and Charlotte Flair. On Raw, we had to bounce the women's tag team championships around four times just so we could free up Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez because there was nobody else for Rhea Ripley to feud with. So, right. Well, and, and Liv Morgan possibly being hurt again doesn't hurt things either. I know. It doesn't help at all because I honestly figured with Liv Morgan attacking Rhea Ripley, I said, okay, they're headed towards a triple threat match there too, just like they are on on SmackDown. So, which is fine. I I mean, and I hope Liv's not seriously hurt. I haven't read or seen anything new, just that her arm was in a sling. I mean, by the sounds of it, what happened to Bailey over the weekend is worse than what just happened to Liv Morgan. And Bailey said she's fine. So, did you see? I mean, the amount of ice they had wrapped around that leg. Where, where, where Bailey's like, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, you're not fine. Well, and like Charlotte, the way she was almost tending to yeah. her and, um, you know, and then Oscar, her and Oscar battling off to the side was pretty smart. So yeah, <clears throat> a lot that they did there yeah. and, and, and made good use of it. But, um, I will say this, like I am two things and I should have sent this to you earlier today, but I didn't, um, I, I, I'm actually really enjoying and, and continue. I've enjoyed the whole way and continue to enjoy the Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar feud. Like to me, it's been very, yeah. very well done. Um, I didn't need Cody versus Dom at Money in the Bank. I thought that the card felt too long and I felt like either that match or the, the Gunther match, one of those could have been cut. I think they just really wanted both of those guys to be on the event. Obviously couldn't have them wrestle each other. Right. Because they both had to go over, and that's what they went with. But to me, that was just it was one match too long, and one of those two would have been the match. Um, and, and I think of the two, I would have cut Cody over Gunther. Um, yeah, I know. I agree with you because 100%. because you don't need to see Cody at every pay per view, or, or sorry, every premium live event. I'll get right. it right someday, everybody. Just, you know, but dude, the dude is selling so much merch. Like it's just he he is. But I, I don't and you're going overseas and you're trying to make it feel special for the fans right. overseas. Like I get it, I do. Um, but, but that guy's from overseas. Like that you that you keep on the show. My my thing with Gunther is there there. It's it's funny. I didn't see it at first with, right. with him in terms of like. Why is this guy special? Like, not that I didn't think he was impressive or that he didn't, you know, even before he trimmed up, like that he didn't have a great look and, you know, his, what right. his character was. I was like, oh, yeah, I, there's a total purpose for this guy. I get it. 
there's an aura that that dude in, in, in Imperium carries that just, I want it on every program I air. And moving merch or not moving merch, like Cody's merch is still going to, is still going to get moved even if he's not on the show. Uh, there's just a special feel when that guy and his entourage hit the ring and, and hit the, and hit the stage and, and do the wall. Like I love it. And it's a different energy than the Cody Rhodes sing along that happens when he walks on, you know, walks onto the stage and does his long walk, which has its place as well. I just think Cody, and maybe it's just because of who he is and how I see him as a as a as an established star that I'm not and again I, I'm saying this and this is coming off like I'm saying like Gunther isn't established and needs to like maintain his credibility. I don't feel that at all. I just feel like there's an R and a presence that that gets carried with him on a card that it's actually intriguing to find out how his opponent is gonna hold up against him. If that makes sense. Where no, you kind of know what you kind of know what's going to happen when Cody Rhodes shows up for a match right now until he faces Brock Lesnar. Like, just do. Yeah, and, it's and funny. I think Cody you know, and Brock needed a break for a month. So it was M- Miranda sent me a, a, a list of hot takes, actually, um, even though she's not recording right now. It's like, when we can record, I want to do this. And one of them was Cody definitely should have lost at WrestleMania because if he was champion, you all would have turned on him by now. Like, what is the hot take? Um, but you're right about Gunther. Like, I think most people, Gunther is in this great position where he almost doesn't need a championship, but he's done so much with that championship that it makes sense. If he were to lose, it'd be a huge deal. But right, it's not even j- just hanging in with Gunther is a big deal. Like you said, like, right. it's that level of survival that that his character i was with you i did not see it for the longest time and everybody was gaga over gunther and walter when he was walter and all of that and then when for me it was the takeover you know my favorite one of my like you know dark horse favorite pay-per-view events ever was the takeover from cardiff that they did which had the like 45 minute match between tyler Bate and and walter at the time and for me, it was the most vulnerable I'd ever seen him look. And what people don't give him credit for is he does sell really well. He does. He works in a way that makes a much smaller opponent look credible, but it's all still believable, which is hard to do. Right. Like you'll flip on AEW and you'll see the Young Bucks tombstoning like Lance Archer. It just makes no sense whatsoever. Now, everyone's yelling at me saying that's never happened. And I know it's never happened, but... It's just not always believable, and that's when people say, oh, it's spent in disbelief, whatever, and, and you can make whatever excuses you want to. For me, when I'm watching Gunther in action, it's believable, and and that's something that, to me, is a big deal as well, and I enjoy it. Uh, so so I'm a big Gunther fan now, and I'm excited for the day that we get the Gunther World Championship run because um, I do believe it'll come. It's not going to come. Everyone thinks it'll come by WrestleMania. I don't think that's going to happen, No, um, but it will come. And and it will be it will be great. I see it coming by WrestleMania 41. I am almost. People are still not used right. to the, the the speed of storytelling that Triple H has. And right, yeah, they're they're, like, they're, they're everyone still thinks Cody has to beat Roman at 40. And I'm sitting there going, no, it's going to be at 41. 
And I truly believe Cody's right. going to beat Roman. And I truly believe it's going to be at WrestleMania 41. And that's they, probably been when. talking about this number for so long for Roman Reigns. Like, yeah. they are. It's it's inevitable. Well, they don't talk about that number. They've never talked about the fourteen hundred and seventy four days. But well, no, no, no. Not, I get they, they. It's just them acknowledging the link. Like it just you right. can feel that that's oh every time going. he's on every time even weeks he's not on there they they tell you how many days yeah. he's held the title exactly. I will Absolutely. say this since we are literally just bouncing all over the place now. I don't need Paul Heyman carrying the other two championships anymore. I just don't. I mean. You know how I feel. You don't need Paul Heyman anyway. Oh, but Paul I, Heyman's a fantastic part of that story. And you know that. I know I, how you feel about I Paul do. Heyman. I do. But you know how good of a part of a story that story that Paul Heyman is. Like, you just, you, you, you just know. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. And I serve as the advocate for the reigning, defending Undisputed Universal Champion, Brock Lesnar! Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, so let's talk about the world championships for a minute because... We've long said and we've long pointed out that that a belt, just like anything else in wrestling, is a prop. But you can tell that Triple H is hell-bent on making all of those championships important. Now, the women's tag titles probably last on his priority list, but he is working to make all of these reigns significant, maybe even too long in some cases, in some senses, who knows. But he is doing everything he can to make them them long and important. Um Roman Reigns, we know the big match that's coming is, is Jey Uso at SummerSlam. I mean, there's no chance Jey Uso's winning, right? Like, come on. I no, no, I don't think so. Though, I think it's a, but it's going to be a really fun match. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just, fun, it's just emotional, a fun next chapter. All of it. But every, as everybody else knows, this is this other thing is, you know, Everybody has a sense of who the kind of quote unquote guy is, and yeah, I, I love Jey Uso. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. He's maybe the next next guy, 
But I do wonder, like, does Jay ever get a world title? And I when, think he does. when I don't know when Jimmy was hurt and out for like a long time, I really thought Jay was going to win the Intercontinental Championship. It was on SmackDown right. at the time. It just made perfect sense. And it, I think he might have even like won a final I mean, way to challenge for it or whatever. Same way he did with the world title. But I really thought Jay would get the Intercontinental title during that time frame. He didn't. And I just don't know if he'll get the well, world championship when, when you look at who else is quote unquote in line for it. I just don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I think that like, let's talk about some momentum and people with momentum and who gets behind that momentum. This is, this is the thing is like with, with as much momentum, we just talked about LA night and how behind and for everything is, I think Jay's got like, Jay doesn't have LA night momentum, but he definitely like in this main event scene. Oh, he's got that same level of momentum. It's just a little, it's just different. But it's, it's the level yeah, it's the just same. it's not the same type of it's not the same type of momentum. He's credible. He's credible. Well, as he's somebody got storyline momentum too. Like he, right. exactly. the story has given him some of that. Like he's been rewarded with the story. L.A. Knight has momentum without a story. So right, you're right in the sense of of, of what we're saying. It's not. It's not. It's not the same. Um, but I think it, I just think that you know it, should there come a time. And, and maybe that's the other part of it is that Jimmy Jimmy is 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 a part of this too. It, is do those two like are they just inseparable until until one of them hangs up the boots or walks away or takes a break? Uh, and you're right. Like he, Jay had an opportunity to or had a perceived opportunity to be an intercontinental champion. Like, would it be like, I think you're the one who talked to me about like Jimmy maybe wanting less and less of a world, you know, I don't know though. soon anyway, maybe, but that was a few shows ago, uh, like months of shows ago where I swear to God, we talked about something where it was like, maybe Jimmy wasn't quite as interested in possibly continue to be active. But the point is, is that if the two of them are inexorably together, then you're never going to get the Jey Uso singles run. Right. Until one of them's gone. Until until Jimmy's gone. Um but I well, think even to build the Jay Uso push. singles run now, they had to write out yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. Um so for me it's it's really it really is dependent on the other. But I think you're seeing in this in this angle and iteration it's it's, it's all there. Right. Like I think it's all there. Like, I think the charisma's there. I think the fans believe in him. I think he's perceived as a credible threat to Roman. I think there's a story there. Like, obviously, there's a story there. We're telling a story right now of just even being somebody to dethrone this perceived tribal chief within their own family. Right. They wanted to take it there. Like, and Jay looks like he could be that upstart guy to do it. Doesn't mean he's going to. No, and no, also, no, no. how old is Jay now? Anyway, I don't even know how old. I he think is. he's. Are they like two years younger they, than Roman or older than Roman? Let me look. Well, because they they We've debuted before, before Roman, right? They were there before Roman, yes, but I still don't right. think that he would. Jay's thirty-seven. I, mean, I think Roman's thirty-six. Like? Jay's thirty-seven, and so I think Roman's yeah. thirty-six. So, and not that. Yeah, Roman. No, Roman's thirty-eight. Necessarily. Romans 38. Oh, really? 
Yeah, but the Usos did come first. Otis, thirty-eight. Wow. I know, right? Isn't that kind of crazy? Well, it's it's weird when you look at how wrestlers suddenly just become kind of ingrained in. I mean, he in, made his main like, roster in, debut eleven years ago. Right, and that's the thing is, it's just it's so we're so used to him being in the position he is that I don't know. I it still felt shorter. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, not shorter. I agree with if you. If that makes sense, like it felt shorter than eleven years, but also feels like eleven. Years. May twenty fifth. So like he's, in, still, he's not like he's turning thirty nine this year. He'll turn thirty nine next year. But yeah, right. he's thirty eight. So they, like they're a little the, older than than Jimmy and Jay. I mean, hell, Dean Ambrose has had two careers, three careers now. Yeah, and uh, he'll have another one when he comes back to WWE someday. So right, that will that will to, definitely that will definitely happen. Yeah, Dean fucking oh, sorry. Ambrose. That's okay. So uh, here's the big it's thing been about John the feud. Moxley. My bad, it's John. No, Moxley. it's fine. The big thing about the feud with with Jimmy and Jay right now, or Jay and Roman, since the draft has taken place, the post WrestleMania draft, no one has entered the Bloodline storyline. It's all been Bloodline internally. So you still have all this talent on SmackDown: AJ Styles, Rey Mysterio, LA Knight. Um, you know, just to name a few. Sheamus can still like. There's still people on SmackDown who could serve as quality, believable, credible challengers for Roman Reigns, that you definitely have enough time and talent to get him through WrestleMania. Get you 41. Even without a draft. Like and, right. and and you could still pull the trigger on Jimmy if you wanted to and have Jimmy get shot at Roman. And you could do it with solo if you really, really wanted to. Like and that's him not even taking any pay per views off, which he's not even advertised for the fast lane and payback pay per views. Um yep. Yeah, fast lane and payback pay-per-views. That's one thing that I wanted to talk to you about that I saw that I wished I had sent to you and I didn't. And it was a very much a wrestling news with a Z article. And and this isn't yeah. even like a Meltzer BS. This is this is this give me sport thing that I see on Facebook all the time. They their headline was disturbing news involving the future pay-per-view plans for Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Okay, now, if you're somewhat hardcore fan who still thinks that Vince McMahon is running things or that WWE is bad or whatever, you see that headline, disturbing news about the future pushes, the future plans for Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. What do you think they're saying? Um, disturbing plans, it's either some sort of ridiculous story arc sort of thing or that people aren't appearing on pay-per-views like some sort of like their contracts up and not coming right. back. They're in danger of leaving something like that. Like so, it's just something to, it's some sort of permanent damage sort of scenario. So I can tell you when you looked at the, when, if you look at the comments of this, that I didn't send you, everyone thought what I think, what I thought they were going to think that you didn't think to me, no, I'm, I immediately right. saw that and thought what all the commenters thought that they're reporting. We're getting another Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns feud. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't, and that's where everybody's go, mind went. But when you click on the article, it goes into what you said the second time. They're just simply reporting the fact that at fast lane and at payback, we're probably not going to have Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar on the card. And that's the quote that's, unquote disturbing news. Um, right. The, the two part-timers will not be on the right. show. 
Fact is, Roman Reigns has wrestled more than MJF since winning, like since MJF won the the AEW right. World Championship, and more than Sonata. But Sonata won his more recently. But still, it's it just kind of shows what you know the double triple standard that's out there for for these guys. Uh, but I saw that and immediately thought of you with the wrestling news and and what they were doing and and the bullshit that they were spewing right. with with this article, and to the point where I thought about telling Facebook. You know, the click the X's that don't show, show this to me anymore. Who knows? But so Roman, I think you could line them up for a long time. Getting to 1474 is not going to be the problem. I ain't getting off that. I'm sticking with that's how long. And people right. still tell me, oh, they can't possibly keep it going this long. Y'all said that before 40. Everyone said before 40, if he loses, then, then yeah. or if Roman wins, there's nothing left that you can do with them. And they, like I said, they still haven't touched. The talent pool that's on SmackDown. Bobby Lashley. Forgot about Bobby Lashley. He's he's on he's on SmackDown. Um, yep. Again, another one. Like there's so many that they can that they can utilize and and push and get to that point. So, and that's not even considering the fact that after WrestleMania next year, you can do another draft. So, yeah, they probably will do another people. draft because they they shake up their lineup all the fucking time. Like, I know. It's just what they've been do. pretty good about it since this last draft. Like they've been right. pretty good about leaving it, leaving it one. Even Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn haven't spent a ton of time on SmackDown. So, even though they're the you know, undisputed tag champs, and I think that'll get split up later this year too. But we'll talk about it later. Now, on the flip side, you go over to Raw and you've got the other world champion, Seth freaking Rollins. Um, it's still been embroiled in this feud with Finn Balor. He beat Finn Balor at Money in the Bank. Now he's wrestling Finn Balor again at at SummerSlam. Which maybe they shouldn't have done the match at Money in the Bank. Maybe that should have been Dom's match at Money in the Bank. Should have been with Finn Balor or with with Seth Rollins and save the Finn Balor. If you're going to go straight to that match again at SummerSlam, I do like yeah. the the you know, um, I don't remember what was it called when when both sides of your face are the same thing like symmetry. I love the symmetry yeah. that like seven years ago they fought over the Universal Championship at at SummerSlam. And that's when Balor got hurt, and now he's he's coming back seven years later with the SummerSlam match against Seth Rollins. I I think that's a great way to tell the story. I think all that. I I feel like I hold the World Heavyweight Championship in higher regard than almost anybody else. I don't view it as a secondary title uh, because it's, it's who, not like you know Roman Reigns is running around on Raw. Who who's Whatever. Like, I don't even want to re- respond to that. Like, it's so stupid. Like, you were about to ask a really good question. Go ahead and ask it. Which question? You're about to say who's who's calling it that. You're like, who's who's. Oh, who's because that? I know the answer to who's calling it that. I but mean, here's like, an interesting answer to that? that question. Last week in an interview, who's calling it that was Seth freaking Rollins himself even said that See, in the secondary championship. No, I hate that. Me too. I hate that. I agree completely. I hate that. I, I hate that. That's, you know what that reminds me of, and this is something else I used to hate all the time. Um, I want to talk about ROH for a moment. Okay, Austin Aries, Austin Aries. I know where you're going. ROH, when ROH switched to the Friday and Saturday model for a while, right? Every other weekend, Friday shows, and Saturday. Yep. Yeah, they were doing two shows. They'd be in most of the times different but close by cities, and he would shit on the Friday show. And call it the B show. And to me, that like calling your own product shit, even if you're doing it as a heel move, 
to be like, you know, I I'm an A-lister on a B show or calling the, you know, your world championship a, you know, a secondary title. Like, even if there is a preconceived note, like this is one of those things that I actually like out of Vince McMahon. Because Vince would like Vince would not let him do that. Like he just wouldn't. Like, because you would no sell it. You, it's it's like not talking about your competition. You don't talk about what some fan perception is. Now, if it's going somewhere, convince me. But you you don't need to help devaluing your title because I do believe in a value in a title. You don't need to help devaluing your title right. by devaluing your title in a promo. Uh, and that's and that was they used to just drive me just used to drive me nuts, um, and not in a good way when Austin Aries would run down a show, because to me it was like you're running down the ROH model, like in the product. Well, um, he he killed the Edison market. Right. Like we went did, to the absolutely. Edison New Jersey shows, we went to Final Battle there, we went to the anniversary show there, we went to Ring of Homicide there, all of that. And when he he called it a B show at a B city because it had an event on Friday night. Like that place never recovered. It never draw drew well again for them after that. And yeah, I mean it's the same thing I used to see in the Boston area too. Like right. when they started doing Boston area shows, the Boston area show would always be the Friday show. Mm-hmm. It just always would. And to call fucking Boston a B location, right? Especially so. when they were on the Boston University campus, which we. We know why they left that that venue. It was too expensive. Uh, and it was hard to get the trucks there to load. Like, I remember talking to them about it uh, when we helped in Arizona. But, you know, when when they were sitting here in the Boston area and then they're in a champion every Friday is ripping on the Friday shows, who wants to go to that? Who wants to go and be told, yes, this program is less than? Yeah, it's the wrong kind of heat. Yeah, there's a reason... They don't put superstar tapings out on their own, everybody. Like it's why they're they're part of a, a bigger show. Because right. we know what that is. ROH wasn't doing that that way with its shows. The WWE, outside of what you just told me with Seth Rollins, hasn't been doing that with the raw title. No, so, and he didn't say this on television or anything like that, but even a lot of other talent. Right was calling it a secondary title right. even as that little tournament AJ called it that too when he was doing interviews to 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 pro, you know to promote that championship match um I disagree I, I vehemently disagree right. Seth Rollins is is the perfect guy to hold that championship for the first time I love this feud Damian Priest cashing in on that instead of Roman's championship I think is is going to help as well um and, and 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 Rollins is literally the second biggest star in the company besides Roman Reigns at this point. So to me, it all makes sense outside of him him saying that. Now, what what sucks is that he didn't say it, and and maybe he did, and what I read was only part of it. It's not like he turned around and said that he's going to change that. He's going to make it the time right. championship or whatever. Like he's talking about it as the workhorse championship, all the things that we used to call the Intercontinental Championship, and and so it just. Yeah, it did kind of, it, it does in a way devalue it where it, in a way that it doesn't need to be. I still think Cody should hold that title before he holds, before he beats Roman Reigns for the, right. the undisputed championship. Um, and, and look, Rhea Ripley's title got renamed the women's world championship. 
does that make it a secondary championship now? No one's th- viewing her championship that way. So no, it's all. just it's just weird to me. But I'm going to pitch something that I don't think is going to happen. And a lot of people will disagree with me on. No one believes right. that Jey Uso is beating Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Seth Rollins and Finn Balor should main event SummerSlam. And when I say main event, you know, that's a, a controversial phrase. It should be the last match at SummerSlam. The last show. It should, it should be the last match at SummerSlam. Put Roman and Jay somewhere in the middle. Um, the Bloodline story has closed all the events. It closed Money in the Bank. It closed Saudi Arabia. It, it's done all of that. But I do believe one thing you could do to help with that. Look, it can main event fast lane. It can main event payback because Roman's not going to be on those. But it needs to be the last match on the card of an of a card that includes Roman Reigns, in my opinion. That, I think, would go a long way in terms of that perception of the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, I, I actually agree with that. I, I, I actually agree with that. Like, <laughs> no, I think that that's a, I think that's a good idea. I think that you make a good point. Would you, part, of, part of building a new title is legitimizing it in the eyes yeah. of the fans. And that's that's what you're doing there. That's all you're doing. So yeah, I I think that is a sound choice. I think that would be a good decision. Um, I hope we see that happen. Yeah, and and I think Cody should want to go after that championship. And I think Cody right. himself even said in an interview that going after the World Heavyweight Championship would not be finishing the story. It's like, don't say these things. Don't right. say like Cody knows better. Seth knows better. Like all these people know better. And it's almost like they're jaded that Roman has had the stranglehold on the championships that he's had the stranglehold on. Plus Paul Heyman carrying around the other two, I think could be seen as evaluating like let Roman just carry the one. Right. Let Seth carry the one and we're good. Like we don't need these, these millions of championships that are confusing the lineage by, by having people carry them around. Like, Get rid of them. And maybe they're waiting right. to like SummerSlam and he'll walk out with just the one title. Who knows? Maybe this week on SmackDown when Roman comes back, he'll walk out with just the one championship. Who the hell knows? But to me, it's just silly to do it, to do it any other way. So let's take another quick commercial break and then we'll wrap this one up. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Acknowledge me. Outside, we've talked about a million WWE, Raw, SmackDown, and even a little bit of NXT stuff. Um, Outside of that, have you caught any anything outside of that? Any any AEW that you want to talk about? Any anything that you would want to talk with regarding? No, I still got like three weeks of Impact and three like three weeks of New Japan. Like I, I haven't really, I really been, I've been on vacation, man. I was Ooh. I was in scenic Wisconsin. I was I was enjoying food that you don't consider pizza. I was you know having a good time. Food that so, no one should consider pizza. Well, whatever. You know, the Sicilians call it a pizza. I'm going to buy into it. It's fine. 
Anyhow, um, I I really want to catch up on Impact since um, Trinity won the uh, won the won right. the women's title and see see what that's going what's going on with that. But uh, yeah, no nothing nothing really. Just ready to get to the list. Gotcha. So. And it looked an NXT's pay per view or, or whatever you want to call it. That's coming up on July 30th. So they got two more weeks to, to finish that one off, and they've already got five five matches announced, and they're going to be good. Dominic Mysterio is now on the card, defending the North American Championship against Mustafa Ali. So it's uh, it's because Wesley, oh, by the man. way, as we've already revealed that he lost the North American Championship, he is by far the best North American champion they've ever had. Like his run with the North American title was surprisingly good. And like, this is me praising him over a guy, say Roderick strong, who had an amazing run with the North American championship, ricochet, Damian priest, like all these people had an amazing run with the North American championship. And Wesley, a guy left out in the cold when his tag team partner got fired for, for yeah. making the comments that he made, got outed by his ex-wife and, and fired for all of this. Wesley was kind of, you know, in, in, in a company with no cruiserweight championship that he would have been perfect for. And all he did was go on this amazing run as the NXT North American champion and, and might even be the one to win it back from Dominic when, when that happens. Yeah. So I think we'll see. Or maybe he moves up. Who knows? I, it, they have five matches announced for, for the takeover. No Braun Breaker, which I'm sure they will add a Braun Breaker match. And, and no, right. I could see them maybe even doing. Braun Breaker and Wesley. I didn't see if they set anything up on um, on NXT because I haven't actually seen it yet. I've only seen the results, so um, we will we will see. But like you said, New Japan, lots of stuff to catch. And, and you're in the G1 right now, Patrick O'Dowd, which kind of yeah, like the G1 to me. If you're a fan of the entering product purely and, and that in New Japan, the G1 is perfect for you. And if I followed it event by event by event, I'd probably feel that way. But to me, the G1 is like watching an Iron Man match. Like, <laughs> you know the Iron Man match is 60 minutes or 45 or 30, whatever it's scheduled for. You know you could just get to the final and just watch the last five minutes. That's kind of what the right. G1 is. And now it's four groups. So I think they have a semifinal and a final. Like, you know you can get there and, and tune in at that point and let's see what's going on. And then maybe go back and catch. But it works for New Japan. So I'm not, I'm not knocking it. But right. in terms of our fandom here – and and what we follow, you kind of know with the G one that you can kick back and do whatever. And then AEW, I mean, they're building the feud between Adam Cole and MJF by making them tag team partners in a tag team in a, in a basically a lethal lottery style tag team tournament. Like what? Yeah, no, I I just I guess that's part of the reason. Like this, I've tried. We've talked about this. I've I've tried. I've tried. I've tried. And every time I try to watch. AEW one, it's getting into another wrestling product. Two, every time I watch it, all I do is see things that I'm like, this makes no goddamn sense. I will say and, this. I will say this for AEW. And and you know, I will criticize them when it's warranted, which it is a lot. I will also praise them when it's warranted, and it is now. Collision is the the best thing they put out currently. Mm-hmm. Collision and and here's why. And I haven't seen the FTR versus Bullet Club Gold two out of three falls match that went almost an hour that I want to see because you know I love me some FTR and and right. you know and, and um, people are like it's be- it's the greatest FTR match bet ever I've seen people call it the greatest tag team match ever and some of my favorite tag team matches ever are FTR when they were in NXT so again I got to see it 
but that was on collision collision is a two hour show and and it's just been it's it's just been great for a lot of people and what i've seen of it has been really enjoyable and it is more focused on the in-ring product here's why though because tony khan slaves all week over dynamite changing his mind doing whatever and then he has very little i would say he spends 65 to 70 percent of his mental energy on dynamite and then like 20 so 70 percent dynamite 25 percent collision five percent ring of honor like that's really what what it seems like to me and how Tony everyone says oh it's because Daniel Bryan Danielson's part of the creative team for 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 Collision. Look, it all comes down to Tony Khan in the end. And if Daniel Bryan Danielson is there and he's making suggestions, it's paying off for sure. And and that's um, and it's been it's been the best the best product that they put out. And a lot of people even feel that way and are talking about it and commenting on it. And I think it's because he just doesn't have the time to second guess himself like he does with with Dynamite or just get too involved and ruin it. Like I think it's more left alone. Plus, it's on Saturday night doesn't have to deliver as big of a rating. Like yeah, a no, no, nobody's watching it anyway. It's Saturday night. Yeah, I haven't even looked at the the numbers to see what it's doing. There's, now that Showbuzz I mean, Daily is gone, like it's just whatever. Well, you know, it had its big number. I don't know if it plateaued. Like, big number, big drop. Yeah, like everything There was, like, a concerning big drop from, like, week two to week three uh, to where... I think there was... I think that was, like, the week three episode might have been the one where everyone's like, yeah, it's bad. Like, like that was a bad show, I think, too, for a lot of people. Right, and I I think there was something significant that was competing with it as well, though. It wasn't just that, like, the show was bad. It was... It was Fourth of July weekend. Yeah. It's got to be what it was. Like, yeah, it was Fourth of July weekend. So people aren't really watching TV on the Fourth of July anyway. So, so I don't know. I don't know if they bounce back. But, um, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, and, yeah, I think they, we all know which shows get the attention uh, and, and get the most time to, to be focused upon. And, and that's how it goes. I agree. I agree. So I'm down with that. Uh, I'm down with what you're saying. And we should be good. So we're going to wrap up this show and then tune in tomorrow, likely, when we will release the next edition of The List with myself and Patrick O'Dowd. So go out there on the Twitter, follow Patrick O'Dowd at Wrestling Realist, W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist. There is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist, Patrick O'Dowd. Follow me at Greg DeMarco 44 You know you want to. And do Look, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and threads. We now have threads, and Patrick has a threads. Patrick I do, has, has threads. and, and I, I put that handle in threads at Wrestling Realist. So. Yeah, so what's interesting about threads for me, and this is, I won't harp on this too long so we can record our next episode, but um, it's like we have to record Thunder after Nitro today. Um, it's, I don't use threads a ton, but ever since thread launched, my desire to even look at Twitter has dropped significantly. Right. But it's not like well, I've replaced I mean, that with threads. Right. It's just like, it's like you said, another wrestling show, another it's another social media app. Right. And, and I, I feel like I now split my time that I used to spend on Twitter is now split between Twitter and, and threads and maybe even just gone down in general. So who knows? But there you go. Mine on, on all four of those is at Greg DeMarco 44 at Chairshot Media is the website for the Chairshot.com, the Chairshot Radio Network. All of it, it's great. We love you for listening. Always use your head. 
TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Tune in to a very special edition of The List coming up next. Patrick O'Dowd, what can people hear us talk about on The List? Well, this week on The List, we have a a fertile list of our wrestling siblings, both real or imagined. That's right. Real or kayfabe, wrestling siblings. This week on... You just made the list or whatever we're going to call it. It's never been a separate episode, so who knows what we're going to call it. Tune in, enjoy, have fun, and we will see you next time right here on The Greg DeMarco Show. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.